2: post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today.
0: There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado, There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. Oh. And the driving jam time. And the Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown! Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning
3: on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Well, thank you for the kind messages I've received about the interview with Ali Marmal. Again, that was him uh, volunteering to call in. Of course, you know, we're going to do what we have to do, ask the questions that need to be asked. I think those questions were asked, and I think he answered them. Uh, I think both sides fair. And answers were made. And he, Look, he's the manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. I mean, you are going to get criticized. You are going to get criticized, especially in the postseason. You're remembered for what you do in October. And when things get magnified down to infield defense, when you take a pitcher out, injuries, lack of hitting, all those things are going to be part of the job. Tony La Russa went through it. Whitey Herzog went through it. Tony LaRusso certainly did and then won a couple of world championships that settled a few things down. But Tony was, I mean, I would just open up phone lines by saying Tony Larusa, 314-436-7900, 925 1120 and they'd come. So Ollie Marmel will endure what Mike Matheny and Mike Schilt did as well. Manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, is one of the biggest jobs in sports. It's one of the best and most passionate fan bases in sports. Kyle Reese, my friend, uh, says, on Twitter, if you're looking for what surely will be some type of car wreck in human form, poor Tom Ackerman is about to take calls from fans on KMOX. <laughs> Retweet. That was good. God, Kyle, you know, don't you, that I've been doing this for a long time. I hosted Sports Open Line back in the, gosh, late 90s. Uh, Tony's early years. So to the point, we've. <laughs> We've fielded a lot of calls, been through a lot of rough patches. We're going to navigate through this. So why don't you, actually, Kyle, why don't you call this? This will surely be therapy in baseball form. How about that? That's what this is. 314 436 7900 800 925 We will hear from Adam Wainwright, who does not answer the question, actually, whether his career is over. We'll hear what he says and Yadier Molina, whose career is over, and we will hear from him coming up here on KMOX momentarily. You're listening to Sports on a Sunday Morning. Let's go to the calls. Joe has been hanging on throughout this entire show, I think, uh, throughout the Marmal interview and everything else. Joe, thanks for being with us on KMOX Radio.
4: Well, thank you. Uh, Two things I want to say about uh, um, Mr. Pujols. The last time he came to bat as a Cardinal, Last night, ninth inning, the game was on the line. There's a man on first, one out. He slams it down the third baseline. Now there are two runners on, our two biggest sluggers coming up. A first to third single and um, a fly ball to uh, the outfield could have tied the game, but it wasn't to be. Now the other thing about Mr. Pujols, Um, All year long, there's been this huge hoop about the guy that hit 62 home runs, and it was a great thing for him to do, I admit. But we have a man, the only human being, second place, all-time RBIs, fourth place in home runs, two of the most significant things. I wish the Yankee guy uh, the best of luck in someday achieving what Albert Pujols has done in his career, I do not think it was given enough uh, coverage nationwide uh, compared to all the hoopla about the 62 home run. I
3: think that's not a bad comment, actually. Now, let me say this, Joe, about Aaron Judge. What he did is remarkable. Uh, He had 62 home runs in a single season, and he did it clean. So that is a remarkable achievement. He is not the all-time home run king in one season, but he is in the American League. In the National League, as we know, Barry Bonds, Mark McGuire, and Sammy Sosa did it, and all of them did it, to the point where Judge is actually seventh all-time in terms of single-season home runs. But to your point, he has, guess how many in his career? 220. He has 220 home runs. So just to put that in perspective... 220 home runs. Albert Pujols has 703 home runs in his career. That means that Judge has 483 home runs still to go just to catch Albert Pujols. He would have to average 48 home runs over the next 10 years to get to that point. So it is an incredible achievement, and that's why I do agree. I think that Albert's 700 is way bigger. But not to think that 62 isn't. It's great. It's it's amazing. But the 700 home runs, you're talking about Ruth and Aaron and then Barry Bonds, who did steroids, ahead of Albert Pujols, who wore this uniform. It was, you know, an amazing year. Thank you, Joe, for the call on KMOX Radio. All right, that gets Good us morning. started. Appreciate it. You're, you're uh, great to hang on that long, too. on KMOX. Chris, you're on KMOX. Chris, you there? Chris may or may not be there, but we'll get to him. 314-436-7900-800-925-1120 are numbers. And, And, you know, he mentioned this also, and that is that Albert Pujols hit that ball down the line and here comes Paul Goldschmidt Nolan Arenado, and they're not able to cash in the pressure of the postseason. It is something that Goldschmidt has been through, Arenado not as much, but has been through, and they will have more opportunities. Albert Poole's been through it a number of times, and you can be the greatest hitter in the world, but there's something to be said about how Albert Poole's is able to breathe through the biggest moments. What he did to push his way to 700 home runs tells you all you need to know. With the spotlight and everything on him, whether it's scrutiny or praise or everything that's heaped on top of Albert Pujols, he's actually better in those moments than he is on any other day. He's always good. But he's better when the moment is at its biggest. Those other two, until they can show, that they can do that, that's the next chapter in their careers. They are phenomenal players. Nolan Arenado is probably going to win the Gold Glove again, 10 in a row to start his career. Gold, Goldschmidt is probably going to win the MVP. He was the best, most valuable player in the National League during the regular season. But October is a different animal. And that is the next phase of your career because you are judged by what happens in October. And at some point, they're going to get one and hopefully they were wearing Cardinal uniform when they do, but they're great players, and they will learn from it, and they will bounce back from it. At least that would be the hope. But Goldschmidt looked way off. Ollie Marmel confirmed in our interview earlier last hour that it was not a, an injury, but he was way off. Arenado was closer than Goldie was. 314-436-7900, 925 We did not get... A message from Chris. We did get a text in from Andrew who says the Cardinals need a big bat. I totally agree. And I'll have to put this back to the front office. And John Moselock informed us that he's not able to come on today. As you heard Ollie say, he is going into meetings right now. So they are all in meetings at Bush Stadium. Ollie was able to sneak in a conversation with us before those meetings started at 11 o'clock. But it'll be back on Moselock in this front office in this ownership to go get more this offseason. The Cardinals are a very good team. They have two of the best players in baseball in Goldie and Aranato. They have a player who finished in the top 10 in the MVP voting in 2021 in Tyler O'Neal, who unfortunately gets injured a lot. And it, it, he was injured all season. You have to go find somebody who can accom- who can accompany the, your big three and four in Goldie and Aranato. Somebody reliable, So that it's not on those two all the time. Albert is gone. Albert was that he became that guy, surprisingly. He was their best hitter, but he is gone. You're also losing a clutch hitter in Yachty, although Yachty's offensive skill is not at the neighborhood of Goldie and Arenado. He still could deliver a key knock for you once in a while. You have an emerging player in Newt Bar. You have a player when he's healthy in Carlson who's pretty good. Uh, you have, you know, Edmund can knock the ball around and could challenge to be a 300 hitter at some point in his career and be a really good one. I think Donovan has the makings of a really good solid player in this game for a long time, but you know what I'm talking about. And you know what Andrew's talking about elite big bat. That's what you want right now Um, to, to accompany these two players who are in the prime of their career. Totally agree. Andrew is Chris back with us. Let's go to Chris. See if he's joined us on KMOX. And we have others waiting in line. Hi, Chris.
5: Hi. I want to know about, um, I heard that uh, Contreras may be with us and that uh, Chicago Santa Brahu may be with us. Do you think those are both true? Let me give us a heck of a lineup. And I think Wainwright ought to retire.
3: Well, I appreciate the call. I'm going to hear from Wayne here in a moment. I don't think he is going to, based on what I heard, but I'm going to let you listen to it yourself and and decipher the Wainwright post game audio coming up. But I we will go
6: somewhere else then.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I'll play it for you here in just a second. Yeah, uh, I think he's going to stay one more year. Your question about Abreu, I'm not sure uh, about that, uh, but Contreras, I've heard too many people say that he would be interested. I don't know why you wouldn't be interested in the Cardinals' culture, but that's interesting. I've not heard that from the Cardinals' side, but these are reports out of Chicago. A lot of people that have publicly stated or have reported, media have reported that I trust that say that Contreras is interested and would be interested if the Cardinals came calling. I will say this about the Cardinals' side. The Cardinals did look for a catcher in this Trade deadline. They looked for a catcher who could hit. There's no chance the Cubs were going to trade Contreras to the Cardinals, so I'm not talking about him. But the Cardinals did look around for offense at the catcher position, and they did not find a player to their satisfaction. I can tell you that is the case. They did look around for a catcher who could hit, and as it turned out, there aren't very many of those. So that is something that they covet. So what I was just talking about, a big bat, does Contreras qualify as a big bat, I would say yes. He also fills a need at catcher. So if they were to go that route, I don't know anybody who would be opposed to that, and I think that he would be a good fit here. I appreciate that call very much, Chris. Thanks for checking in. Let's go to Jim on KMOX Radio, sports on a Sunday morning. Hi, Jim. Hey, how you doing?
0: Hey, good. you know, I just like people I on bombs. It sucks that they lost. But think about these fans in other cities whose teams never go to the playoffs. To me it's if you don't win the World Series it's a, it's a bad year not so much a bad year it sucks but you could be some of these teams that never go and you know I mean we just hit a bad patch right there and, and then your main guys weren't hitting and I kind of I told my son I said you know it's going to be a rough rough one because if we even if we get past Philly good Lord we got to come up against some of these other teams that they're pitching and we're not hitting probably isn't going to happen. But, you know, good Lord, my kids, my oldest is 17. The Cardinals have been to to the playoffs, if not every year, almost every other year. And there's cities where that doesn't happen.
3: Yeah, no, I I totally hear you. I mean, you could be like my friend David Kaplan, uh, who covers the Cubs. I love him. But, you know, he's dancing around last night that the Cardinals lost. So happy, you know, cheering up and down, clapping his hands that the Cardinals lost. You could be like that. Like, you know, Rudy, that's like your World Series when your your rival loses in the playoffs and you get joy out of that. And it's like, you know, he looks like a goofball. <laughs> I love him to death, but it's like, you know, the Cardinals is different. You know, you hold your head up high if you're a Cardinals fan. Hold your head up high and say, you know what, this team has won 11 world championships. That's not good enough. Let's get better. That's what – I don't mind the negativity because I look at it as passion, burning. Cardinals fans want to win a championship. That's what they know. We're not Alabama necessarily as it relates to college football, but the history is that. So the Cardinals fans want the Cardinals to be Alabama. They want the Cardinals. The Cardinals run that they were on was not the New England Patriots necessarily, but they were in the playoffs and knocking on the door. But the Cardinals would like this team to be Dodgers, Astros, Mets, Braves. They want to be one of the elites, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The Cardinals' approach right now is to be competitive and in the tournament every year. Cardinals fans are going to hold their feet to the fire and say, we want more. You want it you want us to go through the turnstiles, you want us to buy gear, you want us to yell and scream and give you love, give us more. And I don't think the Cardinals will back away from that. I mean, they've given you some pretty good stuff here. Cardinals fans want more. And look what just happened. They had a two-game exit in the postseason. That is okay. That's what you absolutely want from your fan base, no doubt about it. Hold everybody to a higher standard. Media too. I mean, it's you know, this is what we know. <laughs> I've been covering the team for 25 years. They've been in postseason just about every year. Uh, They've been to the World Series just with Molina and Pujols alone four times and won two of those. Uh, Well, Pujols wasn't in 13, but you know what I mean. Molina four times. Anyway, um, I, I'll take a break here. Drew is asking me to take a break. But Mike, Tony, Tom, hang on. There's more. 314 436 7900 800 925 This is Sports on a Sunday Morning on KMOX. Anything goes. Let's talk about it. Let's talk it out. Cardinals lost. All of us are frustrated and upset about it, unless you're anti Cardinals for some reason. And that's okay, too. We'll hear from you also. I don't care. 1122, Sports on a Sunday Morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Welcome back. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. It's fun to go through Twitter. Some people listening to the show would rather tweet, and that's fine. This is from George, George McKee uh, on Twitter, who has retweeted front office failures tweet, saying that these should be the talking points for the Cardinals' offseason priorities. Sign a legit ace, Carlos Rodon. Sign Contreras, sign one of the star shortstops, Correa, Swanson, or Turner, sign a better lefty bench bat to replace Dickerson, re-sign Quintana for a year, and fire Mike Maddox to the sun. Well, that's not going to happen. The claw is going to be around, uh, I'd have to imagine. Uh, But sign one, two, three, four, five players, that's that's a whole bunch. I mean, if... If you think about what the Cardinals do, I'm not sure they're going to be writing that many checks, but I do appreciate that. Another person, this is <laughs> Red Dog Cards, but his name is, I hate all of my sports teams. Boy, these are, they're all coming out today. If I had a voice for radio, I'd ask if you think the DeWitts will feel any pressure to change their be competitive, but keep the profit margin as large as possible approach considering their model will always lead to the wild card round at best. I'll hang up and listen. I mean, lately, you, you're not wrong in the results. They haven't been to the NLCS since 19. They lost those games. So, actually, they've been to the NLCS but lost those games. So, they went there but lost them. In 14, they went to the NLCS and played the Giants, that's actually the last time they won a championship series game. So their postseason record has not been very good since then. In 15, they got bounced by the Cubs. That really turned Cardinals fans sour. 16, 17, 18, they missed in the final week but didn't make it. 19, I told you they beat the Braves, lost to the Nats. 20, they lost to the Padres. 21, they got bounced in that one-game wild card to the Dodgers. And then they lose this one in two. So it has not been good, but I I don't know that the profit margin is as large as possible. It's a a good way to put it, though, because the DeWitt and not just the DeWitts, but this entire ownership group, what they want to do is be competitive and be in the playoffs every year and then roll the dice. And will will they change that approach? I don't think so. I think that they like the fact that they are consistently in the postseason and that in the cases of 06 and 11, they catch fire and go on and win the world championship. But at some point, you can go off that path a little bit and do something out of the ordinary. And I do believe that they were kicking the tires, not just kicking the tires. They were involved in Juan Soto discussion and gave it a run. Now, in the end, the fact that they don't get Juan Soto for a ton of money, which is what he's going to make, uh, does ease their uh, checkbook a little bit here and gives them an opportunity to do other things. And it wouldn't be like them really to put all money in one or two players. They already have a high payroll. I mean, they're paying Arenado a lot of money, Goldschmidt and others. So they, they have to be a little careful not to spend like crazy. Um, but I, I think that they will take a look at a lot of things. I don't know how aggressive they'll be in this offseason, but I do think you will see them active this offseason. They they've lost a lot of players that they need to replace. Uh Mike, I believe, is our next caller, isn't that right? Mike is on KMOX. Hello.
4: Hey Mike. Hi. Um it seemed it bothered me. I remember a lot when the Cardinals were at the end of the season. I remember it from nineteen fifty-eight when I lived in St. Louis and I was eleven, they seemed to have the same problem of not hitting when the bases were loaded and nobody, you know, not taking advantage of the situations, just like yesterday. And maybe it's just, you know, the Cardinals did win the division, granted, but it seemed a little bit, it just reminded me of
3: 1958. Okay. Uh, I appreciate that. I mean, there have been some years where they didn't get it done, and there have been some years where they absolutely did, and it was a lot of fun. It hasn't always been doom and gloom. They're waving a lot of championship flags over that right field facade. I'll tell you that. Let's go to Tony on KMOX. How you doing, Tony? Is that me? Yes, sir.
5: Okay, I I I'm 63. One of my grandfathers was in the Cardinal organization. The other one was in the uh, Brownies. He was a, he was a St. Louis Brown. So I guess I'm you know I'm in the baseball culture, of St. Louis. I what I don't understand is you had a perfectly good manager. And why they changed managers, I have no idea. It seemed like the press ate that guy alive, and the new guy, they baby talk him, they handle him with kid gloves. He doesn't take any responsibility for anything, and you guys let him get away with it.
3: No, that's and not I, true. I just had yeah. him. Uh, no, I just had him on the air, Tony. I mean, I just asked him questions about the ninth inning. I don't know what else I'm supposed to ask. I mean, I asked him every every single decision that he made, and had him answer it. So that's not true. I mean, he absolutely has been open and candid. By the way, Mike Schilt, i don't know what, what the media didn't attack Mike Schilt. Mike Schilt was great with the media. Also, uh, Mike Matheny uh, had an interesting relationship with the media. Uh, I got along quite well with Mike, um, but you know he was held accountable also, as Tony was. So uh, that's don't don't start putting it on the media. That's not true at all. Um, the first year manager, and Ali Marmel. Uh, should be criticized for moves. This is, this is the playoffs for goodness sakes. This is baseball. We're allowed to ask about baseball moves. I mean, what else is there? If you're the manager of the team, you're supposed to be answering those questions. And I think he does. Tom, you're on KMOX, but I I mean, I love these calls. You can qualify yourself as a baseball man or not. Either way, you're, you they're great calls. Tom, you're on KMOX.
5: Yeah, I got three things. First of all, Aaron Judge, uh, Roger Maris, and Babe Ruth all played in Yankee Stadium. And if they would have played in any other stadium, they'd have never hit the home runs they did. So I agree with the other guy that that ain't that big of a deal. Second of all, people keep calling in saying they need another hitter. I think they need pitching. Pitching wins. Pitching always wins.
3: Yes, it does. And,
5: th- and third of all, back to the All-Star game. I've been so mad about this, and I just had the chance now to call in about it, but Paul Goldsmith uh, was in, like, eight All-Star games. This was the first one he ever started. He was the MVP of our league at the time by far. And the Atlanta manager took him out and pinched it for him. He didn't even get to bat twice, and I just didn't think that was right. He hit a home run his first time. We're trying to win that game, and he took him out, and Freeman hit a fly ball or something and made it out. I just, think, I just can't see how they could do that.
3: All right, I appreciate it. That's, I don't have much comment on the All-Star game. The All-Star game is an exhibition and is what it is. Um, but I, I don't mind the comment at all. I will say this about Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado: Cardinals are not in the playoffs without them, period. Those two put the Cardinals in the playoffs. The Cardinals rode their shoulders all season. Period. There's nobody else. I mean, pools had a good second half, uh, no doubt about it, and helped them. But the Cardinals are in this position because of Goldschmidt and Arenado. So I will back them up uh, to your point there. They are MVP guys. Let's go to Barbara. Yes. Jumping in on k hey. I was wondering why uh, the coach
4: Marble didn't take out the, the pitcher in the first game because he was throwing balls, and I knew. Yeah, he was all over the place. He throwing balls. There was something wrong with him. Yeah. That he was uh, disabled.
3: Well, we just talked about it last hour with him, Ollie Marmel himself, and his explanation was, as I circled back to it multiple times, the first walk to Harper after the hit, to me, not a huge deal because Harper is great. But the red flag that came up to me was the Castellanos walk. Helsley was all over the place. So I asked him, why didn't you get him there? Why not take him out or check the finger there? And he said to me that Yachty did go out, that Maddox went out, that the finger was not indicated as an issue. And then after the hit by pitch, that's when Helsley revealed that the finger was an issue. But that's not all putting it on Helsley either. This is Ali Marmel's responsibility as the manager to get that under control, too, especially knowing that there was an injury prior. So everybody's responsible for this. No one single person. Everybody's responsible for the situation. And in hindsight, there's no doubt because I was just like you. Everybody was. We're all sitting there watching this. He's erratic. Got to get him out of there. As it turned out, it snowballed. It Blew up in the Cardinals' face, and the Cardinals lost Game One, and you can't get it back.
4: Tony La Russa would have taken him out because maybe,
3: maybe yeah, so. He was a, he
4: was he knew
3: well. Heck, Ollie yanked Quintana was. yanked Quintana early. I mean, he was already. I said all week, Ollie's going to be aggressive taking pitchers out, and I was right. He got Quintana out of there. I don't. I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm saying he was going to yank Quintana for information that. The next time through the order, Hicks was better to face those righties, and it turned out to be a move that helped because Hicks got the outs. But you could make the case. But anyway, he was—I was right about all of that except I was not right about Helsley. I thought that even Helsley, if Helsley has an issue, you get him the heck out of there and you put Flaherty in or Plante, whoever. But he didn't do that, so. Uh, Let's uh, take a quick time. I think we need to take a break. We're going to come back. Another round of phone calls. Please hang on. Jack, George, Paul. uh, That sounds like a band. Mike, Dave, everybody. Sports on a Sunday morning. Stiefel Sports Studio. Tom Ackerman with you. We're going to get through this. It's KMOX.
0: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gut. Meyer Jensen, A personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX.
3: Uh, we are going to get into some phone calls. We do have some more people waiting on the line. Before I get to you, I promised Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, here's a little bit of Waino.
2: Well, you never can tell, cozy You never can tell. <laughs> I don't, I'll tell you this, I don't like not pitching
3: in a playoff series. Um, and so you could take that one of two ways. You could take that as it's been a good run, or you could take that as, as motivation to
7: not, never let that happen again. So, were you prepared exactly. to possibly go out? Tonight? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. I prepared to go out tonight. You know, I stayed loose the whole time,
3: and I knew once we got into a certain game flow there that you know certain guys have roles that they were going to fill, but I was ready tonight, and I was definitely ready tomorrow. I, I did have it in my mind that the uh, playoff um, wildcard series is the only one I had closed out yet, so I was thinking that might be a fun thing to do tomorrow. There is Adam Wainwright. So that was answering the question, is he coming back? And he didn't answer it. He's coming back. The, the way that he answered it right there, where he said that he did not want to go out, or he said something like, yeah, I didn't think I wouldn't be pitching in a series. He doesn't want it to end that way. He wants to come back one more time. That's what I get from that. But we'll see. We'll let him say that himself. Uh, we're going to take another round of phone calls and then, We're going to hear from Todd Perry, who's the executive director of the Pools Family Foundation. I want to ask him a few questions about Albert's future coming up before we end the show. That'll be with us in about 5, 10 minutes, somewhere in there, depending on how quick our callers are. I know this guy will be to the point. This is awesome, calling in on KMOX. Awesome. Great to have you.
4: Hey, bud. um, I hate to say it, but I think we got a little carried away with the emotions and the sentimentality of, individual achievements. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I thought it was magical. But I think there was a lack of focus on some of the, just the holes that we needed to sort out before hitting the playoff run in terms of hitting. And I don't know if that's a coaching thing, but um, I feel like some of the efforts got distracted. And I hope if Adam does come back that we learn from that and that it's not all about, you know, his individual achievements or the retirement you know, um, pop in circumstance. So that's just my... my it's
3: plan. an interesting It's an interesting thought, Awesome, and I appreciate the call. I, I You know, obviously, I'm going to side with the fact that I think the Cardinals navigated through a lot of that pretty well. I think there were a lot of things at play this year. You had the MLB lockout, first of all, so you didn't have a full spring training, nor could you contact your own players. You had Jack Flaherty. Here's what Ollie Marmel had to deal with, aside from his own issues in the ninth inning on Friday, but you know, he is the MLB lockout. He has Jack Flaherty suddenly hurt and out of his rotation. He has Steven Matz out of his rotation. He has Yachty not showing up to spring training for personal reasons, then leaving a couple more times He has, you know, Albert Pujols not a factor early in the year and then erupting and chasing down history. And, of course, you mentioned Yadi Bueno chasing down history and all that stuff. There was a lot going on during the season, and you're trying to chase down the Milwaukee Brewers. John Moselock makes the deal for the two starters, stabilizes the rotation, and the Cardinals get it done. Uh, But don't get it done in this series. So it's interesting. I think it'll be part of this meeting they're having right now. Just review all of it. And try to figure out what went awry. Let's go to Jack on KMOX radio. I appreciate you, Jack. Oh, he's gone. Okay. Uh, Tim, we got a ton of callers coming in and out. So I appreciate Drew handling all of this. Tim, you're on KMOX.
5: Thanks for taking my call. I enjoy my Sundays whenever I'm driving just to listen to you guys talk about baseball. Thank I appreciate you. it. I just had a couple little questions. Uh, I wonder what I missed the conversation uh, with Ali Marmola. I'm apologizing. Did you get a chance to ask what, what was the thought process of keeping Albert at the in the two hole?
3: I did not you know, get to that. Yeah, I only had about okay. ten minutes with him, and we were we were harping so much on the ninth inning itself in Game One, and also the lack of offense in Game Two that I did not get to that. I, I I wish I had, but I I think I know his answer that Albert was probably their best hitter going. I know where you're going, is that Donovan probably would have been a better fit at two behind. Lars, he had Edmund at 9, so you had the two leadoff guys in Edmund and Newtbar, which actually did happen one of those innings yesterday. Um, and then they wanted that thunder with Poulos. I think they just wanted to give Albert as many ABs as possible.
5: Okay. Because I, I just thought, you know, we could have batted him third or fourth with, with Goldsmith and Arnado in a little bit of a
3: slump. Mm, okay, uh, well, that's a, di- a different twist on it. I don't think they would have done that. I think they would have not yeah. moved Goldie, but I totally get that. And I think they felt like the protection of, of Arenado was enough for Goldie there at three. I guess, you know, he could have moved Goldie to two, maybe. But then again, if he's in a slump, he's in a slump. I and mean, if he can't see the pitches or can't time it, it's, he's, he's not in a good spot. So I think that's why Albert was at two. I think your best hitter going into the series was Albert Pujols. So you want to give him as many opportunities as possible. Uh, Paul is on KMOX. You're next.
6: Hey, hey Tom, uh, hey. great show as always. Thanks. Um, and this is very therapeutic for all of us. <laughs> but um, I just wanted to say, you know, the one caller a little while ago said the Cardinals need better pitching, and I'm thinking, holy cow, we should have won two nothing day one. We, you know, gave up. We lost two nothing yesterday. I was at the game last night and. So he gave up two runs to the Phillies, who have a ferocious offense in two days. That's that's pretty good. Um, yep. But yeah. I, thought, I thought, I love Ali Marmol, but I do, I just, um, not and, and again, there's plenty of blame to go around, no doubt. My favorite player is Goldie, and he was just lost through the whole series. Hernado uh, did a little bit better, but he struck out. But uh, Goldie was the, the big elephant in the room. And nobody feels worse than he does, I'm sure. I'm not sure if he felt overshadowed by Albert down the stretch or if he just kind of lost his edge, you know, with regard to the bat. But I felt like the series was lost when Ollie uh, came out in the sixth inning. And I just feel like uh, Quintana had everything. He was just smoking the Phillies, and he had gotten the first out of the sixth inning. He was at 73 pitches. If we let him go another 20 to 25 pitches, you know, if he gets in trouble before that, then we could, you know, make a quick hook. But if he didn't give us a reason to, you know, no reason to change paddles in midstream. So forget so by taking him out in the sixth with one out, you needed the bull, you're asking the bullpen to cover four innings. And actually, Helsley did okay for one inning. He got the last two outs of the eighth, and then he got the first one pretty quickly in the ninth before his cramping started in his fingers and he couldn't throw a strike. And he walked two and hit a batter, and then the game was lost there. But, you know, if you uh, let, I mean, if you let Quintana just tell you when he's ready to come out, I think he might have got through the seventh inning and then you just have two innings to cover with the bullpen as opposed to four innings, which I just thought, you know, wow, There's why are we taking Geo out now? He is suffocating the Phillies.
4: Yeah. And I know
6: the right-hand, left-hand thing, but I just would, we'll never know, but I would love to know you know, how it would have played out if you just let Gio pitch until it was evident that, you know, okay, the bullpen needs to go get him.
3: Could very well be. I I did not. I was a little surprised that they pulled Gio as fast as they did. But then again, I, I felt like they were at the first hint of trouble. And if the information told them to do it, they were going to pull these pitchers. So I wasn't surprised at it. I love the old school thinking of letting your starter go deep as they did with Aaron Nola last night with the Phillies. Quintana was absolutely dealing, and at the same time, I have accepted the fact, reluctantly so, that we're in an era where these pitchers are going to get a quick hook, especially in the postseason, because of the information at hand that they're concerned about the second time, third time through the order in that case, uh, that you had right-handed hitters sitting there waiting for you, and the possibility of a Hoskins or Real Muto changing the entire game on you. Um, really was concerning, not to mention the fact that you had some other big bombers in that lineup uh, that Helsley, they thought, possibly could have taken care of. I, it's just, I, I don't love it, but it's just the way that it is. It didn't surprise me all that much. I think to go back to your question about pitching, the Cardinal uh, whether the Cardinals need more pitching, they do. I mean, their, their rotation next year does have some interesting candidates, but another ace type in that rotation would sure feel good. But I really think if you want to win in the postseason, you got to do watch what the Braves do. They'll quick hook their pitchers too, but they're going to back them up with closer type after closer type after closer type. You have to have it. You have to have closer types in the bullpen. Guys with the mentality to be closers who are going to shut it down. And the Cardinals need both of those things, really. I wouldn't mind bulking up the pitching at all and a hitter. Now I'm spending all their money.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: 49 on the Thiefel Sports Studio. Sports on a Sunday morning.
0: There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one touchdown! Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice,
3: KMOX. Welcome back. It's 11:52. In this segment, every Sunday we did five minutes with number five, Albert Pujols, and he was so good with us every week, and we cannot thank him enough. For all that he did, we made sure we highlighted the Pools Family Foundation at the end of every interview, and he did that. We had a great time. And joining us right now is the executive director of the Pools Family Foundation. They do such great work. Todd Perry. This is five minutes with Todd Perry. How about that? (laughs) Good morning, Todd. (laughs) Good good morning to you, my friend. Well, it didn't uh, end the way we wanted it to, but it's a marvelous career nonetheless.
1: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. I, I think we were all, uh, on the edge of our seats last night and we never gave up, but you know what? It just wasn't, um, wasn't their year. I agree. Uh, uh, Philadelphia has an excellent team and, um, not the way we wanted it, but you know what? Um, it was great to see Albert get a hit. There actually two hits and then Yachty get that last hit that, and you could just tell what, what a, uh, uh it was a very emotional moment, I think, for both of them.
3: What a jolt that was. His shot down the line, that place erupted. Yeah. They were excited for him, and I loved seeing him go out with a hit and, of course, didn't love the fact that they don't win yeah. it. And he has said, look, it's over. I mean, <laughs> you guys can ask me all day long. I never asked him directly because I knew the answer. Uh, it is over for Albert Pools, but his legacy is not over. He will be a fixture in this community and beyond for a long time, won't he?
1: Oh, no doubt. And and that was something I probably got asked that a hundred times this year. You know, is he coming back? Is he coming back? And I'm like, no, he, he's not. I mean, he's, you know, he, he's done. And that's one thing that uh, I think I was certain of just in my conversations with him is that this was it. And, you know, win, lose, or draw, he was, um, he was calling it a day. And I, I think there's, you know, I, I think we see – what he's you know he has more left in the tank I think he believes that but I think you know he's he's at that point in his life where um you know he's actually looking forward to you know (laughs) golfing during the summer he's actually looking forward to traveling and spending time with his family so uh, um and and he he deserves that
3: yeah when I went to Italy for 10 days over the summer he goes what he's like I want to go he goes, man, I yeah. can't wait to do stuff like that. He's, he's excited about traveling. Well, a very special night is coming up, the O'Night Divine Christmas celebration. You've been doing this for years. And by the way, not only is it a celebration of number five and other celebrity guests, but you have an amazing staff of people at the Poole's Family Foundation that work year-round. And it's a celebration of them, too, Todd. I'm looking forward to this. Tell us about O'Night Divine.
1: Well, thank you, Tom. I, I appreciate you saying that because I feel the same way. I mean, we are we are blessed with um, Jen Teamer, um, Becca Lang, Lilia Campbell, the, the people there in our office. I mean, they are just um, incredibly dedicated to to our mission and the people we serve. Uh, the gala is December tenth. It's at the Ritz Carlton, and this will be our eighteenth year. And, and historically, we've we've always been very very heavy on the mission because that's something that Albert and I really discussed it at his kitchen table what, 20 years ago or almost 20 years ago when we started the foundation was, um, you know, it can't be about him. It has to be about the people we serve. It has to be about the mission and the work we do. And that's something we have built on for the last 18 years. But this year we said, you know, if we're ever going to do this, this is the year to have the mission now reflect the founder. Which is, you know, look, looking through the eyes of the mission, what has Albert meant to this community? And that's what we're going to do this year. And, 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 like you say, I mean, we, we've called it a celebration of number five. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's something we are really, really looking forward to unpacking because I know it's something that um, I, I know our families and, and the people we you know, and he has served over the last 18 years. Um, th- this is an opportunity for them to really say a heartfelt, genuine thank you.
3: It's December 10th at the Ritz-Carlton. Registration ends December 1st, so you have some time, but I would do it right now. Get your ticket for Saturday night, December 10th, night, Divine at the Ritz, a celebration of number five and a celebration of the Pujols Family Foundation. A lot of great sponsorship levels available. Just go to PujolsFamilyFoundation.org. Todd Perry, has been our guest to wrap up sports on a Sunday morning, five minutes with Todd Perry. (laughs) Thank you, Tom. I loved it. Thank you for being with us so much, Todd. Great to have you on KMOX. Best to all of you Cardinals fans. You guys are unbelievable. And guess what? Off season starts now. We're not going anywhere. We'll be all over it. This is KMOX.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.